Welcome to the Linked Up Church Podcast. We are passionate about connecting people to God, family, purpose, and community. Today, Minister Kimberly Savage comes with a powerful and passionate message entitled, He Planned for That. Get your pen and your pad ready. Let's go into the worship center and hear what God has for us today. Today is Palm Sunday. Those of us in Christendom, we celebrate and we recognize this as the day Jesus entered Jerusalem as our Savior and Lord. And the thing that is so precious and special about Palm Sunday is that when Jesus entered Jerusalem, he knew that he was going to suffer. He knew that death was coming. So Palm Sunday, it is the beginning of Passion Week. Passion Week or Holy Week. The week that Jesus was put on trial. He went through six trials in eight hours. He was falsely accused, broken, denied, and crucified before being resurrected. When I think about Jesus took that journey knowing what he was going to go through for our sakes, you can't help but be grateful and thankful to God for his unconditional, undeniable, indescribable, amazing love. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But before we look at some of the details from, of Palm Sunday, let's look at our foundational text, which comes from Isaiah chapter 46, verse 10, and I'll be sharing from the NIV translation. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times what is still to come. I say my purpose will stand and I will do all that pleases me. This is God speaking from the Old Testament. And he said, I already know what my plans are. I know how the end is going to be. And I will accomplish my purpose, and I will do what I please. And we know that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and there was nothing that was made without God. But God said at the foundation of the earth, we will have victory. And he reminded us in the Old Testament that I am God. There is nobody like me. Nobody like me. It doesn't matter what idols we worship. It doesn't matter who we put on a pedestal. There is nobody like God. Can you look back over your life and see the handiwork of God in your life? Can you look back over your life and see how he has worked some things out? And we know that he has called the end of things from the foundation of time. 
Jesus came. We celebrate Palm Sunday because it is a celebration of knowing that we win in the end. And if you feel like you are not winning, it's not the end. God has a plan. And I want to speak to you from the perspective. God planned for that. God planned for that. And what is that? God planned for everything that Jesus would endure on our behalf. His plan was Jesus. And some of you may be thinking, well, I'm going through a lot of difficulties. Everything is not good in my life. So how can you say God planned that? I didn't say God planned the trials and tribulations. Just because we are on the planet means that we're going to go through some things. But what I am saying is God planned for that. Whatever you go through on this planet, God planned for that. And every answer we need is in his son, Jesus. God has a plan for a lifetime. The plan for a lifetime. And his name is Jesus. Jesus was God's emissary. An emissary is a special agent or someone who operates in the best interest of someone else. God is interested in our souls. And his agent or emissary from the foundation of time was Jesus. And Jesus' mission through our Father God, was to save us. God planned for that. John 3.16 reminds us that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He didn't have another one. He gave his only begotten son. God stepped outside of himself and said, my people, the ones I created, they will need a savior so that they can be reconciled unto me. And he gave us Jesus. He planned for that at the very foundation of time because he loves us so much he loves us he loves us let's get a little bit into the significance of Palm Sunday all four gospels have chapters titled the triumphal entry Matthew chapter 21 Mark chapter 11 Luke chapter 19, as well as John chapter 12, all give an account of what believers call Palm Sunday. So that means that this event in biblical times was so significant to us that each of the Gospels cover it with great detail. And I want to talk about two things that are significant on Palm Sunday and when Jesus entered Jerusalem. The first thing we're going to talk about is the donkey. What's significant about it? Those who wanted to make peace with their enemy often sent donkeys overloaded with gifts to appease the wrath of the enemy. 
There are two passages of scriptures, Genesis chapter 32, verses 3 through 21, and 1 Samuel chapter 35, 25, verses 18 through 26. I'm not going to read them for the sake of time, but I wanted you to have them so that you can go back and look at them. But Genesis talks about Esau and Jacob. Esau has stolen the birthright of Jacob. So that meant that he took the blessing that should have belonged to him. And in order to appease him, Jacob sent donkeys loaded with gifts to appease the anger that he thought his brother would have toward him. He wanted to appease him. And 1 Samuel talks about Nabal. He was the husband of Abigail. She was a smart, prudent woman, but he was foolish. When David was on the run for his life, he sent 10 of his men to say, hey, can you give us some food? And Nabal got flipped with his lip. Now, David is the king to be. And he's like, who are you? Anybody can say they're this, they're that, but what makes you think you can come get something from me? And Abigail, in order to save her family because the way he mouthed off, that was worthy of death in that time. So she loaded up donkeys, loaded with gifts in order to appease the king. Now you think about Jesus riding on that donkey, the most precious gift so that the wrath of the enemy, and the enemy is the devil, could be appeased. God planned for that. God planned for that. Now let's talk about the palm leaves. When you all go out, they're going to give you some. But these palm leaves, this is the uh, Palm Sunday celebrates the last day of Lent, that season of it, which begins Holy Week. And Lenten is all about those 40 days Jesus spent in the desert in the wilderness. But let's look at Leviticus chapter 23, verses 40 through 43, and the New King James. And you shall take yourselves on the first, on the first day, the fruit of the beautiful tree branches, of palm trees, the boughs of leafy trees, and willow brook. And you shall rejoice before the Lord your God for seven days. You shall keep it as a feast to the Lord for seven days in the year, and it shall be a statue forever in your generation. Why? You shall dwell in booths for seven days. All who are native Israelites shall dwell in booths when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. These palm trees, they were a symbol of God giving the Israelite or the Jewish people victory. When he brought them out, he said, I want you to have a celebration for seven days long. To remember how I brought you out of bondage. And this is known as the Feast of the Tabernacles. Now, what's significant about Jesus riding a donkey? Two things. It fulfilled Old Testament prophecy 
and it symbolized that Jesus came in peace. Let's look at Zechariah chapter 9, verses 9 and 10. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey, a coat, the foal of a donkey. I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the horse from Jerusalem. The battle bow shall be cut off. He shall speak peace to the nations. His dominion shall be from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. Now, the book of Zechariah it was written about four to 500 years before Jesus was born. Zechariah prophesied that Jesus, the king, the Lord of lords, was going to enter the city of Jerusalem on a donkey, a baby donkey. This passage also says that the chariot and the horse and the battle bow would be cut. When Jesus came into Jerusalem on a donkey, it signified that he was coming in peace, but it also fulfilled New Testament prophecy. God planned for that. Think about it. Four to 500 years before he even came on the planet, God said, this is how it's going to go down. So this means in the New Testament that it was crucial for Jesus to come in riding on a donkey, one that had never been ridden before. The Old Testament mentions time and time again how unused and unworked animals were reserved and set aside for sacred purposes like sacrifices to God. This passage said that the chariot and that the battle bow would be cut off. Jesus came to Jerusalem, again, indicating that he came for peace. But I want you to think about this. That donkey had one purpose. Nobody had ever touched him. He had one purpose, to be there when Jesus needed it. I really want you to think about God plan for that. That donkey had one purpose, to be there when Jesus needed him. So whatever you're going through, if God had a purpose for a baby donkey, what makes you think that he doesn't have a purpose for your life? The word says, for I know the thoughts, Jeremiah 29 and 11, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Thoughts of peace and not evil to give you hope. Hope. So why don't you have hope even in the midst of going through? You can't blame that on God. We will go through things because we're on the planet. But he said, my thoughts toward you, they are of peace. How much more precious are we to God than a donkey? So let's look at Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Mark chapter 11, verse 1. Now, when they came near Jerusalem to Bethpage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, 
and said to them, go into the village opposite of you, and as soon as you have entered it, you will find a colt tied on which no one has said, loose it and bring it. And if anyone says to you, what, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord has need of it immediately. Send it here. So when they went their way and they found the colt tied by the door outside on the street and they loosed it. But some of those who stood before him said, excuse me. And they spoke to them just as Jesus had commanded. And so then they let him go. And Jesus, then they brought the coat and threw their clothes on it, and he sat on it. And many spread their clothes on the road, and others cut down leafy branches from trees and spread them on the road. Then those who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the kingdom of our father David that comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Hallelujah. Now, just everything, and if you think about it, Jesus is telling them to go to this village, get the colt, but God planned for that because everything that they did, it was already available to them. They didn't have to go knocking on a bunch of doors. They didn't have to run to this person or that person. They followed the instructions of Jesus explicitly. That means line upon line. And when they followed Jesus' instructions, they got godly results. So sometimes when we're not getting the results that we need, we need to ask ourselves, are we following the instructions of God explicitly? Are we doing what he told us to do? Because God planned for that. That means that he has a plan for our life. And when we follow his instructions, we will get his results even down to the most minute detail. Now, they're saying, Hosanna in the highest when Jesus is coming. They're bowing down because Jesus is coming. They're soon coming king. But these are the same folks who said, crucify him. Next point. People will celebrate what they want from you, not necessarily God's purpose for you. <clears throat> I'm going to say it again. People will celebrate what they want from you, not necessarily God's purpose for you. You know when you stay in the box, they put you in. They'll give you pats on the back, may give you gifts and all kind of accolades. But the moment you say or you go in the direction and say, God told me to do that or this, if they didn't see it for you, you go from this to that. The same people who said that you were wonderful, bless you. Oh, she ain't nothing. That don't mean nothing. 
But you know what? Jesus knew that was going to happen. And you know what he did? He just kept riding that donkey in peace. He just stayed on the plan that God had. And that's what you need to do. God planned for that. So make sure you stay linked up to the one who has the plan for your life. And when he needs to correct your course, allow him to correct it so that you can have the godly results you so desire. Jesus foretold his death and resurrection three times in the gospel of Matthew. Let's look at one account. Matthew chapter 20, verse 17. As Jesus was going up to Jerusalem, he took 12 disciples, his circle, aside privately and said to them what was going to happen to him. Listen, he said, we're going up to Jerusalem where the Son of Man will be betrayed to the leading priests, those folks in charge, religious people, and the teachers of the religious law, those people who know all of the word, they got it all together. He said, this is what they're going to do to me. So if somebody in the church beats you up, they should not, but don't allow it to destroy your relationship with God. Because Jesus said, the people in the church, if you will, these religious leaders, those who know the word of God, this is what they're going to do to me. They will sentence him to die. They will hand him over to the Romans to be mocked, flogged with the whip and crucified. But on that third day, on that third day, he will be raised from the dead. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You've got to understand that when Jesus went into Jerusalem, he fully understood that he would be betrayed, put on trial, and sentenced to death, beaten, and crucified. But he said, I'm going to stay the course because God planned for that. But how many times when we go through tests, trials, somebody gets on our nerves, talks to us sideways, our money is kind of funny, we got things going on in our body, we say, God, where are you? Why is this happening to me? But Jesus just kept riding that donkey. And when he had the time, he told his disciples, look, this is what's going to happen to me. He didn't say Minister Diane, can you pray that God will get me out of this because I don't want to go through anything difficult. Pastor Trish, can you lay hands on me? You and Pastor Gregory, I don't need your staff to pray for me because y'all got the anointment. I need y'all to do it. Get me out of this. But Jesus, he knew exactly what was going to happen. And he just kept riding that donkey because God planned for that. Now, I want to tell you, God planned for your peace. He planned for it. John chapter 14, verse 27. I love the way the Amplified Classic says it. It says, peace I leave with you. If somebody leaves something with you, that means that you have it unless they come and take it back. 
unless you give it up. But he says that I left it, my own peace I now give and bequeath. I willed it to you. Not as the world do, do I give it to you. Not that kind of peace. Everything got to be right before you can have peace. Now, remember, Jesus said, I'm giving you this peace, my own peace. Now, that's some kind of peace you got to have when you know you're going to be hung on a cross, when you know the same people who lifted you up are going to throw you down under the bus. You got to have some kind of peace to stay the course. He said, do not, do not allow yourselves. Don't allow your hearts to be troubled. Don't allow yourself to be afraid and agitated. Stop allowing this. You stop. Don't pray to me to stop it. You stop. I gave you what you needed. I gave it to you. I gave it to you. Hold on to it. Stop allowing yourself to be unsettled by everything that happens on the TV, by everything the news reports, by social media and anything else. You stop. God planned for your peace. He planned for it. Jesus gave it to him. He gave it to you. And last time I checked, ain't nobody trying to hang us on the cross. They may say a lot of nasty words to us. We may have to take some slaps. But the last time I checked, ain't nobody hanging us on the cross. Hallelujah. Let's keep going. God planned for the times you will feel and be abandoned. We all go through it. We would be lying if we said sometimes when we didn't have any sense. Oh, I'm going to say me. When I had, didn't have any sense, I thought God had left me because I was going through some things. I thought God had left me. Isaiah 41 and 10 says, fear not for I'm with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. You're not going to feel abandoned if you can call him my God. He said, I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. When the children of Israel coming out of the wilderness, he reminded them. He said, listen, I'm not going to be able to cross over with you, but I want you to keep going. Do not fear for God is with you. He will not forsake you. Keep going. Keep going. Let's look at Jesus. Chapter 16, verse 32. He said, indeed, the hour is coming. Yes, has now come that you will be scattered in each to his own and will leave me alone. Everybody can't go with you. And when God is taking you through some things, sometimes it's just going to be you and God. And you got to recognize as long as you got Jesus going through it with you, he's on the boat. It's going to be all right. He said, y'all are going to leave me, but I am not alone. 
because the Father is with me. These things have I spoken to you that in me you may have peace. The world, in the world, you're going to go through some things. You're going to have trials and tribulations, but be of good cheer. Why? Because I overcame it. Whatever you had to deal with, I overcame it. I overcame the world. So Jesus is reminding his disciples, it's not always going to be easy, but you got to stay the course. In the message translation, he says, I want you to have unshakable and assured. I want you to be unshakable and assured and be deeply at peace. That means stop it. Oh, somebody said this. Now you over here. Somebody said that. Now you over here. Oh, I don't have enough money. Now you over here. Jesus said, stay right here. Stay in peace. Why? Because I am with you and I have overcome the world. In Hebrews, Paul the apostle reminds, he himself has said that he will never leave you and he will never forsake you. Let's keep going. God planned for what would tempt or test us. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. You know how sometimes you're going through something and you reach out to somebody and they want to tell you everything that they're going through? They don't forgot about what you came to them for. And they want to tell you all that stuff. But it says that we have a high priest. That high priest is Jesus. And he sympathizes with everything that we're going through. It said that he was tempted at all points. All means all. So I don't care what you say. Oh, ain't nobody ever went through this. Oh, nobody ever felt like I did. Nobody ever had this experience. Jesus did and he stayed the course. And he was without sin. So if somebody smacks you, you ain't got to cuss them out. Jesus was beaten, and he never said a mumbling word. He was hung on the cross, and he never said a mumbling word. Those same people who said, Jesus, I will go with you everywhere. I'll give my life for you. You're in a circle. They're going to leave you sometime. But you don't have to call and cuss them out. All those times I was with you and you just left me, Jesus went through it. And he didn't sin. God planned for your needs. Psalm 34 and 10 says, even young lions sometimes grow hungry. But those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. Every good thing, every good and perfect gift comes from the Lord. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 in the New Living Translation. You all are familiar with it. That's a lot of stuff to read. But in essence, you all go read it. It says, you see those birds? They're not picking up telephones saying, God ain't done this with me. I ain't got this. I ain't got that. You see those flies? Every day they can find a worm. Birds can find a worm. Do you see the lilies of the field? Do you see how beautiful they look? They're not crying out, oh, God, make it rain. I need some wood. And God ain't had rain in two days. God, where are you? What you going to do? 
talking about the birds and the flowers. The word says he takes care of them. So if he can take care of the birds and the flowers and all those other stuff, say, stop worrying about what you're going to eat and drink and what you're going to wear. God knows you have need for all of these things and he has already provided. Stop worrying. Put your trust in God. David said, I was young and I was old. I've never seen the righteous of God forsaken nor his seed. We are his seed begging for bread. He said, I ain't never, never. I know that's a devil negative. I'm being emphatic. He said, I ain't never seen the righteous having to beg for anything. I ain't never seen it. If you having to beg, ask yourself, what is my position? Because if you're his seed, you ain't going to beg. He will provide. He will provide. He has already provided everything that you need. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, 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 no other name. He planned for your healing. He planned for your healing. You know the scripture, Isaiah 53 and 5, says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was brewed for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, but by his stripes we are healed. Jesus took a beat down for your healing, whether it be mental, physical. Jesus took a beat down so that you can say, I am healed. Even with symptoms in your body, I am healed. Even when your mind ain't right, I am healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. By his stripes, I am healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. Hallelujah. God had the ultimate plan. He planned for that. And the plan's name is Jesus. Everything that we need is in Jesus. Hallelujah. Y'all sit down. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I'm going to jump over there, but y'all read these scriptures. It says, for God made Christ who never sinned to be an offering for our sin so that we could be made right through God, right with God through Christ. In the Old Testament, they continued to have to have sacrifices time and time again. And you know what that did? That just made them mindful of their sin. God doesn't want us to have a sin consciousness. He wants us to have a Christ consciousness. Because in, of, in and of ourselves, we can save ourselves. It ain't nothing good about us. But Jesus, through dying on that cross, 
he made the ultimate once and for all sacrifice. And it doesn't have to be done again. Jesus did that for us. God planned for us to have reconciliation for that. He planned for that. All those New Testament prophecies, over 300 of them were about Jesus. That's the Old Testament. And here is Jesus in the New Testament. No matter what, saying, God planned for that. 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 Even when Peter was crazy and cut somebody's ear off, Jesus put it back. He said, that's not what, how my daddy said it was going to go down. Even when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, we will all have those moments when we're like, oh, God, I don't want to go through this. Please take this away. Don't let me have to do it, oh, God. Don't let me do it. But Jesus, God planned for that, God planned for that, God planned for that, God planned for that. He said, nevertheless, not what I want, but what you want, God. Your will, because his will is perfect. His will is perfect. Jesus died for us so that we could be reconciled with God. He took care of all of our sins, past, present, and future. We don't get to cherry pick which sins his blood covers. It covers everything or nothing. There is no in-between. Our job is to die to our stinking flesh. Crucify this flesh that is mean and nasty to people. Crucify that flesh that is quick to question God when we go through tough things. Crucify those nasty words. Crucify that unforgiveness. Because Jesus hung on that cross and they were mocking him and jeering him. They were even casting lots for his clothes. And you know what he said? Forgive him, daddy. They don't know what they're doing. Forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. See, I have had a one-on-one -on -one relationship with you so I can handle it. And I'm even talking to myself. We got to be more quick to give grace to people. That same grace that God gave to us. So when they do something to us, we're not running in the corner talking about them. We're not talking about get them, God. We can say, God, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Forgive them. That's what Jesus did. God planned for that. That plan of a lifetime. Because he loves us so much. Can't nobody love you like God. Jesus hung on that cross. He hung on the cross for us. Going through all of that torment and abuse. And he cried out. My God, my God, why, why, why have you forsaken me? So he knew what it felt like to feel like he was forsaken. Do you realize that all of the times in New Testament, he always said, my father, my father, my father, my father, my father. But on that cross, he said, my God, I'm hanging on this cross with the sin of the world for these people. Why have you left me? So he knows what it feels like. 
There's a psalm like that, Psalm chapter 22. When David was going through, he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So even on the cross, Jesus was ill, still able to remember the plan of God and quote that Old Testament scripture because he said that he will have to fulfill everything, everything that was said. Mm. Jesus, that's how much he loves us. And when he hung on that cross, he also said, it's finished. It is finished. To tell us die. It's finished. I paid the debt. I've taken care of everything. It is finished. Praise God. I trust that this message has touched your heart today. Listen, we don't claim to have all the answers, but we do know one answer and his name is Jesus Christ. So if you don't have a personal relationship with him today, we wanna invite you to do so. Or maybe you had one with him, but you've just gotten away and you're desiring to come back to Christ today. I wanna lead you in a simple prayer today. If you would, repeat this after me. Put your hand over your heart and say these words. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died, rose from the grave, and he is alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. As a result of what I've confessed with my mouth and what I believe in my heart, I am right now born again and in right standing with God. In Jesus' name, praise God. We are so excited for you. We believe that today is the first day of the rest of your life. Congratulations. We are so excited that you made the decision to get connected to God. Thank you for listening today. If this message encouraged or inspired you in any way, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit us at linkedupchurch.com or download the Linked Up Church app. You can also watch live services, view past messages, and see our dynamic content for children, youth, and teens on our Facebook and YouTube pages. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Linked Up Church. And if you would like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at linkedupchurch.com or text get connected to 94000. Thanks again for listening. Have an amazing week, and we look forward to connecting with you.